The Romans road. The Bible says in Romans chapter three, verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. The Lord Jesus said, there is none good but one, this is God. In Romans chapter three, verses 23, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have all sinned in some way. Romans chapter five, verse eight states, but God commendeth his love towards us, that yet while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God's love for us was, sent, was seen when he sent his son to die for us. In Romans chapter six, verse 23, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Although we, we will all die because of sin, we all don't have to. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can all be saved right now if you call on him. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This continues in Romans chapter 10, verse 10. For with the, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We need to tell someone that we are saved. Will you travel the Roman road? I'd like to thank uh, Sarah Jane for doing those readings tonight. Um, chose them particularly because the Roman road, maybe you've come across the track before, but it's a, it's a good way to uh, witness to someone. And uh, if you uh, mark those uh, verses in your Bible and uh, you've got, haven't got a great memory like me, uh, you can just go to the book of Romans and they, they go through from Romans 3 through to Romans 10. And uh, if you have them marked, you can talk to someone about that Roman road. So thank you very much, Sarah Jane. And uh, thank you for Wilfie and Barbara too, playing and singing along. I hope you enjoyed that tonight. Well, this evening, um, whenever I'm reading God's word, uh, you'll maybe come across phrases or you'll come across things that strike you and uh, you wonder, uh, will I make a little note about them or underline them or do something? Um, there's one phrase that comes to mind and it came to pass. I, sometimes it'll tell you a story or something about an individual or something, but if you even just take that little phrase and it came to pass, you know, if we have troubles or if we have illness or something like that or something <coughs> uh, disturbing happens in our life, just remember that little phrase, it came to pass. It'll go away and uh, the Lord will help us and bless us. But <coughs> tonight, what I want to do is to uh, talk about things that, uh, names that were given called a second time. And in uh, Genesis 22 and verse 15, it says, the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. Uh, I remember whenever I was at London Bible College, there was a pref professor, uh, Dermot MacDonald, and he was a, an Irishman. He had a bit of a, a humor, uh, not unlike other Irishmen that I might know, but um, 
he, uh, the professors would have given a little talk in the morning, and uh, he gave this verse, Genesis 41, verse 5, and it says, and he slept and dreamed the second time. And he said, I'm sure there's some of the students here uh, would like to be like that uh, this morning uh, by the look of them, you know, but, uh, but there we go. And then in Numbers uh, 10, verse 6, it says, when you blow uh, an alarm the second time, then the camp that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. So here are some times in scripture where there are things uh, repeated uh, and there's some of well-known characters and I just marked them in the Bible and then uh, if you have a couple of spare pages at the back of the Bible, sometimes you can write me notes and I write these down and you notice these patterns that uh, begin to appear. Uh, so here are some names uh, that uh, are uh, appearing twice. In Genesis 22 and verse 11, uh, we read uh, of Abraham. Abraham, well, just in verse 10, it says, And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And the Lord said to him, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything to him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Have you ever wondered where Abraham got such faith? Because Abraham had been a hundred whenever uh, his son came along, Isaac came along. And now he must be, uh, Isaac must have been uh, a teenager at the time and was able to carry the kindling for the fire. And uh, it wouldn't have been easy for a man who was probably 118, 120 uh, to subdue a son who was a strong teenager who was used out uh, working uh, with the animals and uh, whatever else would have been about. And yet here was uh, Abraham. He had the faith that he would uh, take his son and his, his son was willing to uh, give Abraham place and, and lay down and was bound by Abraham uh, to be uh, used as a sacrifice. So where did this faith come from? <clears throat> and I wonder, do you realize that uh, Noah lived for 350 years after the flood? Uh, you know, you read all those uh, genealogies in the Bible, and uh, sometimes we skip over them. There's just names, and they tell you somebody begat somebody and lived so long and all this sort of thing. But Noah lived 350 years after the flood. And in fact, his son Shem, who was the father of the Semites, where the, the Jewish nation came from, he lived almost 500 years after the flood. And in fact, all of the descendants uh, of Noah through the Semites were alive when Abraham was born. And you may uh, raise your eyebrows at that, but that's a fact. So Noah and Abraham were living at the same time for about 39 years, roughly. Uh, so it's very possible if they were the same family in the same area that Abraham would have talked to Noah would have known the story of the ark and of the great flood 
And of course, he would have known then of the the great power that God had and the great mercy that God had in uh, finding grace in in Noah and his family, saving them, and then uh, raising up uh, these people uh, afterwards to be God's people. And Abraham was going to be called then to be uh, the head of the the, uh, family of the church uh, for, uh, and this family would grow in size until uh, they were like the number of the stars. Abraham uh, would be able to look up to the stars and if you ever look up on a clear night and try uh, to count them, (laughs) you'll get lost after a few hundred, I would imagine. But um, uh, Noah's, uh, or Abraham was given this promise uh, that uh, his family would be as the stars. And so he was prepared uh, to give up his son. He believed that if he had to sacrifice his son, that God was indeed able uh, to uh, raise him up again from this. And uh, in uh, Genesis 22, in verse 3, we read that Abraham rose up early in the morning. He didn't just dally about. He thought, oh, well, if I, if I wait till lunchtime, I'll maybe go after then and we'll have our last lunch together and uh, we'll, we'll go then. But Abraham rose up early in the morning to obey God and to go and to sacrifice his son. And so <clears throat> uh, we know that uh, the father, whenever he called on to Abraham, he taught Abraham, Abraham, uh, and lay not your hand upon Uh, your son. He knew that he was giving up, he was willing to give up his only son. But of course we know that the father gave up his only son and he died that we might live. And you know this type in uh, Genesis, it really illustrates uh, that the lamb would be provided and the lamb of course is the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember how John, he said, behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And so there we have Abraham. Then we skip a a generation to uh, another uh, one of the line and we come to Jacob or Israel as he became better known. And uh, Jacob uh, was the twin brother of Esau. And uh, because he held the heel of his brother, he was uh, given this name, Jacob, which means, can also mean a supplanter. And uh, of course, this turned out to uh, be true. Uh, when he grew up, Esau was a hunter and he went out into the field and he brought back venison for his father. And his father loved that. And of course, because uh, a way to a man's heart is through his stomach and uh, uh, because Esau brought this venison to uh, Isaac or uh, Jacob, Uh, He uh, really relished this venison. And uh, the the thing was then that Jacob was a plain man. He stayed about home and uh, he was loved by his mother, uh, Rebecca. One day Esau came home from hunting and he was ravenously hungry. And Jacob was home and he had made some bread and lentil soup. Lentil soup's all right. Uh, It's nice uh, if you're hungry uh, and filling. And Esau wanted some of this soup, and he wanted it immediately. And Esau said, I'm at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do me? Because Jacob, in his craftiness, he said, sell me your birthright. And uh, would you want to sell your birthright for a bowl of soup? 
But that's what Esau did. He was willing to give up. And it showed just how lightly he thought that his birthright was. And thereafter, Esau was known as Edom, uh, which means red. And of course, if you've ever made lentil soup or eaten it, uh, you know it's a sort of a reddish color. And uh, so Edom, uh, Esau was known then as Edom. And um, again, when it came near the end of Isaac's life, uh, he asked Esau to go and fetch him some of this venison and to cook it for him the way he loved, and that whenever he brought it back, he would pronounce uh, a blessing upon him and upon his beloved son. However, Rebecca, and she must have been uh, a bit devious, just like Jacob, and uh, she overheard this arrangement and she assisted Jacob in a scheme and she said, uh, you can see uh, how uh, he earned his name, Supplanter. So she cooked up a meal uh, for Isaac uh, using uh, two kids uh, from the, the goats. And Jacob uh, was a bit uneasy about this and he was sort of worried that if his father found out, uh, he would get cursed instead of a blessing. But his mother said, Rebecca said, uh, the curse be upon me if your father finds out. So she used the kid's skin to disguise Jacob and he received the blessing. And uh, Esau, of course, wasn't too pleased about that. Uh, not only had he lost his birthright, but now uh, the father's blessing that was given. And of course, uh, it wasn't just as easy for uh, I, uh, Jacob to give another blessing. This blessing that was given to his son was a special blessing that would have been given uh, at the end of life. Uh, and so he, he could bless uh, Esau okay some way, but certainly it wouldn't have been uh, the same importance of the blessing that he had received uh, himself. And so we can see that uh, Esau had uh, despised his birthright and he had also uh, lost this blessing. But of course, uh, Esau wasn't too pleased, but, but he had chosen his own path. And in that path, he, he didn't follow the Lord. Uh, he defied his parents, and he married two Hittite women. And we can see that he departed indeed from the Lord. And Romans reminds us of this. Uh, in Romans chapter 9, it says, The elder shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved but Esau have I hated. And what then shall I say? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So the line really passed to Jacob. And we know the story of Jacob, of course. He had 12 sons who would make up the tribes of Israel. And it's interesting to note that uh, as part of that, you'll remember how Joseph was sold uh, to uh, the Ishmaelites and he was sold into Egypt, but they tricked Jacob by killing one of the goats and putting the blood upon his coat and showing it to uh, Jacob. And he, was, he believed then that his son had been killed. So you can see that Jacob had tricked his father uh, many years ago and now he had been tricked by his sons. But towards the end of his life, uh, Jacob found uh, out that Joseph was alive. 
and had been invited to go down into Egypt uh, to his son and to uh, be provided there and to, uh, of course, avoid uh, famine in the land. And it's on this journey that Jacob meets the Lord and the Lord assures him that he will uh, fulfill his promise to Abraham. And uh, in Genesis 46 and verse 2, or you can even uh, begin before that, and Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the Lord God of his father Isaac. And God spake unto Israel in the vision of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, here am I. And he said, I am uh, God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will make the, of thee a great nation. Just this week, I, I'm reading a, a, a devotional book that uh, gives the chronological life of uh, the Lord Jesus and uh, of his life and ministry. And uh, Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, uh, was warned in a dream to go down into Egypt and uh, the Lord Jesus was taken down by Joseph and Mary into Egypt and stayed there until Herod uh, died uh, there and um, they come back up into the land. They were warned in a dream to come back up and uh, this was to fulfill a prophecy uh, of the Messiah. And there's many uh, prophecies in the Old Testament for the Messiah and one of, this is one of the messianic prophecies that the Lord would call his son out of Egypt. And so the, the uh, children of Israel had been called up out of Egypt to move into the promised land. And we can see that the Lord Jesus, he also uh, was called out of Egypt to uh, be uh, as part of his people, uh, the children of Israel. So we see there that uh, Jacob uh, was in Egypt and his progeny then would stay in Egypt for a long time and be brought out. So we move on then to Moses uh, and in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4, uh, we'll, we'll uh, begin a little bit before that, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush, and he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, uh, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off the shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. And of course, the, the burning bush is the emblem that's used uh, by our church and other strands of Presbyterian churches. And uh, it's uh, burning, but not consumed. Uh, that's what uh, some of the, the logos, uh, they'll put it in Latin, uh, but that's uh, basically what it means that the, bur the bush was burning, but not consumed. And of course, this would be a sight for uh, Moses to go and look at, because I'm sure he'd seen uh, bushes and uh, brush in the desert being burnt before, but he hadn't seen anything like this, where a bush uh, was continuing to burn, and yet uh, it wasn't uh, consumed away. And so God revealed himself in this special way to Moses. He had called him uh, Moses, Moses, uh, to come and introduce himself to him. 
And it was through that meeting then that he gave Moses the work of going down to uh, the children of Israel and bringing them, leading them up out of Egypt. And so there we have uh, Moses uh, as our uh, next person who's been called. There's others too that I'll deal with just in a shorter way for uh, time's sake. But there's Samuel uh, in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3 and verse 10. And it says that the Lord came and stood and called us at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, uh, speak for thy servant heareth. You'll say some people, uh, or you'll hear some people say, uh, speak Lord for thy servant heareth. That's what uh, Eli told uh, Samuel to say, but maybe Samuel just didn't have the faith that, that Eli had. And he said, speak for thy servant heareth. And he uh, heard the Lord and the Lord was introduced to him and, and the Lord uh, brought Samuel onto himself at that time. Samuel had been serving in the temple and had been uh, learning about all these things and uh, this was a call to service for Samuel and he answered that call and served God and he became a, a faithful prophet and spiritual leader of God's people. And this call came uh, to Samuel in the quiet of night on his bed. And maybe there's someone listening who uh, still has not come to the Lord, but maybe in the night time uh, you might wake up and you might think of these words uh, that Samuel heard. And uh, you've often heard uh, our minister saying, give me Samuel's ears, so I would trust that uh, the Lord would give you Samuel's ears tonight that you would hear his call and come unto him. Uh, so that's Samuel. And then we need, uh, we read of uh, the dramatic uh, conversion of Saul uh, in Acts chapter 22 and verse 7. And um, he says, and I I fell, this is Paul, I, I fell onto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. So maybe you think that, well, I'm just, I've done too much in my life that I can't really come to the Lord. I'm, I'm too bad, or I, I don't know how the Lord could save me. But when we think of, of Saul and his life, he sought out Christians, he imprisoned them, he had some of them killed, and of course you'll remember that he stood uh, and held the clothes of those who were stoning Stephen, who was the first Christian martyr. And so we can see that uh, Saul had carried out these wicked deeds, and yet the Lord called uh, Saul and brought him unto himself. Saul was blinded in the encounter uh, with the Lord Jesus, uh, but whenever he received his sight, uh, he was given a vision to go out and to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. So the Lord's no respecter of persons. He can call you unto himself, and if you're willing to come when he calls you, then he will indeed save you as he saved Saul. And then <clears throat> another one that we meet uh, is... Uh, bring this one in for the ladies, 
It's Martha, Martha, in Luke chapter 10 and verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, uh, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. You know, Mary was uh, very busy, and there's times when you can be very busy uh, in the service of the Lord. And uh, maybe it's um, something that you might think sort of humdrum uh, uh, to, to be done. But it has to be done. It has to uh, be uh, carried out. And uh, Martha was very diligent in doing these things. And uh, Mary, well, Mary had a, a different attitude whenever the Lord Jesus was in the house. She had to be at the Lord Jesus' feet. She had to come and listen to him. And so there's maybe times whenever uh, you're very busy about things and uh, you feel to wonder, what's happening? What am I doing here? Why am I doing all this? Well, maybe if you just uh, sit down and have a little time uh, with the Lord at his feet, take out uh, the Bible, take out the Word, and have a little read at it. And, uh, you know, the Lord doesn't mean our uh, service for him to be heavy. And uh, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know a yoke, maybe if you've seen one, it's shaped so that two uh, beasts can pull the whatever they're pulling, the cart or the, the plough or whatever. Uh, but they, they always, whenever they're breaking in a, a new uh, beast into using a yoke, they'll use a, an experienced uh, beast that has been in the yoke before and knows what to do. And uh, so it makes it easier for that uh, beast to, to carry out the work. And you know, it's the same with us. The Lord Jesus says, take this yoke upon you. He's not asking you to do that alone. He will be beside you and he will be pulling uh, just a, as much uh, he'll be helping you on your way. So <clears throat> there we have uh, Martha, Martha. But just finally, I want to uh, bring to your attention a few verses, not the names of, of people that are in the Bible, but people who cry unto the Lord and say, Lord, Lord. In Matthew 7 and 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And in verse 22, it says, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And you know, there's many in these days who will claim to be uh, ministers and Christian workers and uh, whatever. And we know from their lifestyle and from the things that they accept and from the things that they will support that they're not the Lord's people. And these are some of these ones that will come to the Lord and they'll say, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils? Have we not done wonderful works? And yet the Lord will not accept them. And then, of course, you'll remember the story about the, the virgins, the five wise and the five foolish virgins. And in Matthew 25, verse 11, it says, Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, 
Lord, Lord, open to us. But of course the door had been closed at that stage. They had gone away, uh, they hadn't got the oil, <clears throat> and they went away to see if they could get that. And you know, if you're not prepared, well then that door will be closed and it won't be any good. In Luke 13, 25, it says, when once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut the door, and you begin to stand without and to knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know not whence ye are. And then later it says, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. And you know, there's those who are in these days, they're crying, Lord, Lord, they're saying, uh, there's uh, wolves in sheep's clothing that are in pulpits behind desks, behind uh, and on platforms or wherever they are, and they're taking the Lord's name and using it. But they are like these people who are calling Lord, Lord, but the Lord doesn't know them. He doesn't recognize them. So I've told you tonight about some Lord's servant that he has called twice. And you'll also remember uh, some of these names were changed because there was Abraham. We talked about Abraham. He had been called Abram. Uh, there was Jacob that we talked about and his name was changed to Israel. Uh, there was Saul and his name was changed to Paul. And so, you know, if you come to the Lord Jesus, uh, he will uh, give you a new heart, but he will, you will also receive a new name uh, that's known unto him, and he will give you that new name, and you will be his child. So will you respond tonight to a call? If the Lord calls your name, uh, will you come to him and uh, take this opportunity to come to him tonight? Thank you.